good afternoon. Welcome to Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. I am Father Larry Richards, as most of you know. It is uh, Thursday, July 21st, 2022, and we come together every week and just answer questions and talk about our hope and uh, Jesus being our hope. And the reason we call it the uh, Anchored in Hope is because we bring all this from the Anchored in Hope Foundation. And as always, our Anchored in Hope is always Jesus. So we're always just focusing on how Jesus is our hope and we need to be filled with hope and we need to be hope givers. I have a cold. I just started uh, last night. I just tested making sure I don't have COVID. I don't have COVID by God's grace. I already had it in January, but I'm still like, how can I get a cold? Gosh, it's the middle of the summer. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> if I cough and sneeze a little bit, uh, please excuse me. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your always being there for us. Father, help us to stay focused on you and listen to you as you told us today in the readings that we may have ears that listen and eyes that see to listen to you and you speak to listen to others when they speak, to see you in prayer and to see you in others. Help us, Holy Father, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Again, welcome. So um, it's good to be with you today. Uh, I've got a lot done today by God's grace. Um, which to me, that's always one of the better things. I also got to see my doctor on Monday, and like I told you last Thursday, uh, everything turned out fine by God's grace, except for my sugar, and I'm working on that right now. Um, so thank you again for all your prayers, and uh, we will uh, continue, hopefully, to be healthy so we can do God's will and preach his word and bring his hope to everyone. So let's jump right in, okay? Ginny L., hello. Hello, Ginny. Father, have you stopped uh, live streaming your first Thursday adoration? Uh, we haven't stopped live streaming it. We haven't done it. We took a break for the summer uh, because I said we need to start having, um, oh, servers in that for the mass and so i mean for the service so i says like every month they ask me to do it and i get out there and i have to serve and i have to set up i have to tear down all that kind of stuff and i said if we're going to do it we need help um again hopefully that's what we're talking about as a parish we had leadership last night that it isn't uh, my job to do everything we are a family and so we all got to pull our own weight and so I'm most willing to do that. But I said for it to continue, we need servers. We need people to set up. We need people to tear down. And uh, so as soon as that, hopefully in the fall, we'll start that over again. So, yes, we just haven't had a chance to. Uh, I talked about it before, but, yeah, we're not live streaming. And we will again when we start. 
And you ask another question, what is your parish doing about the Eucharistic revival for the next three, uh, two years? It's three years. But uh, we, again, everybody else has Johnny come lately to this. We've done adoration of the Blessed Sacrament 24 hours a day, seven days a week at our parish for the last 18 years. And that's why it was so funny. You know, the diocese, they're doing all this stuff and processions. Nobody, nobody in the diocese even asked me once about anything. And we're the only ones with perpetual adoration. We're the only ones that have been doing stuff. Now they all are on board like, oh, we're going to do all this stuff without even asking from a suggestion or maybe the diocese, since we're the only ones in the whole diocese of very perpetual adoration, maybe for the Eucharistic uh, years, they would uh, push that and ask people to sign up and encourage people to sign up. But no, as much as we talk about, let's all do things together. Uh, certain people like to do things for themselves and not do, uh, you know, again, we've been doing this all these years. I'm, I'm just still flabbergasted and every time i come together with other ones and i said excuse me is there a problem here i get no answer um so i'm guessing that uh you know there are people who don't care for my style don't care for me and uh so that comes into many things but to me it's like uh, if we should be doing anything as a diocese we should at least uh, if we have perpetual adoration to encourage people to advertise it, to do an article on it, maybe to do something that uh, um, that we're already doing and we have been doing. Uh, so again, when they say, oh, how about this? How about that? I go, how about we get people to uh, commit themselves to an hour of prayer? We can all, uh, uh, once a week, we can all, let's do the procession and make our, look, everybody look at us and look at Jesus. And But if we're not doing holy hours every week, to me, it's just like, uh, it's all for show. We need to be people like at my parish, like you cannot be an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion unless you do a holy hour. I always say no uh, extraordinary devotion, no extraordinary minister. It's just that simple. And so, uh, so again, but that's what we're doing and that's what we'll continue to do. And we'll have speakers and that come in throughout uh, the time. But again, um, we're already doing it. Uh, now everybody's on a bandwagon. I'm thinking, okay, thank you for being on the bandwagon. Uh, let's focus on what we've been doing and go from there. Okay. Hello, Betty from Ridgeway. Not too far. I've been here many times. Two of my friends and I watch mass every morning, hoping we can get up there sometime and attend in person. Absolutely. It'd be great to have you. We are changing our mass schedule on the weekends, beginning the first week of August. Right now, we have four Masses on a weekend, and we're going to be changing August 7th, uh, 6th and 7th, to two Masses. 4.15 will be the same as it has been, but we will not have 7.30, 11, and 7 anymore. We're just going to have one Mass at 10 a.m. Um, because the numbers now, I keep saying, I'll gladly, gladly add uh, more if we start getting more numbers, if we have more people that start joining our parish and start getting involved uh, it's been hard everywhere, uh, but our parish too, to get them back from uh, COVID and everything else. Uh, people are afraid to go to mass. And it's just to me sometimes, if they're afraid to go to mass, they shouldn't go to the mall. They shouldn't go to movies. They shouldn't go shopping. They shouldn't do all those things, but they do. And uh, But the mass is their last uh, resort. No, I can't go to mass. Well, of course you can. Um, 
and you can protect yourself and I still don't have a sign of peace so people don't touch each other and I've been trying everything to make everybody feel uh, comfortable but it's just going to take uh, some time. Okay. So, but you'll be most welcome up here. Luis, God bless you, Father Larry. Which is your favorite parable story in the Bible? I would have to say it would be the prodigal son uh, for two reasons that uh, we all are prodigal sons and daughters and that uh, it teaches us what kind of people we're called to be. Instead of judging our brothers and sisters, we're called to uh, go out and bring them home. There isn't one person that God created that he does not want to be saved. That's why he came and was born and he died to uh, save us. He did that. He wants everybody to be saved. And sometimes we only want people to think like us to be saved. They're gotta, they're, somewhere in our hearts and our lives, we've got to have the heart of God. And the heart of God, as it says in his word, wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of his truth. And God came and died for that reality. Are we willing to die for others, to get them to heaven, pray for them, fast for them, do all these things for them, or do we just like to judge them so it can make ourselves feel great? Uh, we need to be loving people home for all eternity because that's where God wants them, and he wants us to be instruments of salvation. So, uh, Jade, hello, Father Larry. God bless you. Thank you, Jade. Sunshine on my shoulder. 87, welcome back. I am a licensed mental health counselor. Good job, uh, Sunshine. Sometimes I will work with people who feel that life is not worth living anymore. Any advice on how to help them know God's love and give them hope? Where I go is the scriptures because the scriptures don't only speak to us, they have the power to change our hearts. There have been many times where I have been a mess uh, psychologically, spiritually, and the word of God, uh, if I go to the word, it has the power because it's a living word to go into our heart. So uh, sometimes we just need to know who we are. And so the word of God speaks to us, you are my beloved son, or of course, you're my beloved daughter, you're my beloved child, and who I love, whom I am well pleased with, that can do a lot to bring healing to someone uh, because we feel abandoned or we feel um, unattached to others. And so if we can get the first attachment to our Father in heaven, that is fantastic if we can get that. And even when we get down at ourselves, and I really think some things are demonic, meaning that the devil loves to keep us focused on ourselves, on our past. And Jesus says, I want you to focus on me in the future. So if we can, again, my degrees in counseling also, I've always liked rational emotive therapy because what you think is what you feel. Um, and to change people's mind can really change a lot and help them uh, go. Since I've been down all these uh, months, you know, and uh, I just, uh, what I do sometimes for myself is when I'm, uh, getting down that dark hole is I'll go on to YouTube and I'll look for inspirational videos, you know, and I just put in inspirational videos and I'll watch them. And uh, very often the, uh, the words that are said or the scriptures that are pronounced really have the power to get rid of my stinking thinking and get me to have better thoughts, a better mood, a better uh, reality. Um, but again, 
like I said before, Jesus struggled with the Father's will. He struggled what was going on in his life, in his humanity. You know, Father, let this cup pass me by, but not my will, but yours. So it's also a good thing that, you know, years and years ago when I was in college, I went through a deep depression. And, uh, you know, I'd have my eye would twitch and uh, things, stuff I've been going through in the last couple of weeks. But what's been happening then was I went on retreat because I couldn't deal with anything. And so as I'm on retreat, I kept praying the prayer of abandonment of uh, Charles, uh, uh, who's now St. Charles de Foucault. And uh, it's a beautiful prayer. I encourage you, uh, if you don't know the prayer, that uh, you get it. And so, and this is one of the things I'll just uh, get it here. It's called just... The Prayer of Abandonment by Charles de Foucault. Prayer of, that's if, not of, abandonment. There you go. And so um, it's a beautiful prayer. I have went back to it again and again. It just says, Father. Think of that. Just a, a great way to pray any prayers or set up the relationship. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence for you are my father and so it's an act of surrender but it's also an act of abandonment uh, of uh, you know lord i just trust you and again i'm a big one about not always using other people's prayers but sometimes uh, we can say that prayer we can we can say <laughs> we can say the prayer and uh, we shouldn't even done that. We can say the prayer and uh, add our own stuff later. And so all those things that are hopefully that are things that can uh, get us out of uh, darkness and despair. And again, not even uh, despair like I was just reading today in the office of readings about uh, St. Paul would sit there and says... Uh, uh, I am dumbfounded or troubled, but I never despair. You know, but St. Paul's talking about how he still struggled and, uh, you know, how he had to keep going. And again, let me just bring that up too, because again, you know, every priest and religious, we all say the officer readings every day and uh, morning prayer, evening prayer and different things. And so the first reading of the officer readings is always taken from scripture. And then the second reading, like today was from St. Augustine. But this is, uh, this is uh, my stepfather again calling me. He loves to call me, I guess, during this time. Anyway, this is from the second letter of uh, Apostle Paul to the Corinthians, chapter four, verse five to eight. And then he talks about we have, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's us. To make it clear that surpassing power comes from God and not us. We are afflicted in every way possible. Think about what Paul's saying. We are afflicted 
in every way possible, but we're not crushed. We are full of doubts, but we don't despair. Here's St. Paul saying he's fair, uh, full of doubts. He wrote most of the New Testament, and he said he is full of doubts. Does this give you some encouragement? Better never despair. We are persecuted, but never abandoned. We are struck down, but we are never destroyed. Continually, we carry about in our bodies the dying of Jesus, so that in our bodies the life of Jesus may also be revealed. So here's Paul just talking about, gosh, I'm going through all this stuff, and I'm doubting, and I'm, you know, being abandoned, uh, not abandoned, but all these things are happening to me, but he can still trust God. So I, I think, again, when we go to Scripture, that can really help us, like with that, that's a great passage to get us for in the middle of something saying, okay, the saints went through this too. St. Paul went through this too. Jesus struggled too. All that stuff is just so important to give us hope and to not get uh, focused on uh, the season we happen to be in in our life, that we just know that this too shall pass and that God is faithful and he will always be faithful. So when I was like that in college and I'm on retreat and I kept saying that prayer, while I was sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament, uh, God said to me, if you will, Larry, are you, uh, are you as down as you've ever been? And I said, yes, God, I am as down as I've ever been. And he said, Am I not there with you? Yeah. You know, he was there and he was faithful. And again, that's what started me to uh, get out of that darkness. That even when you and I are as dark and down as we can be, God is there. And if he will be with us in our ups and downs that he is faithful to us that gives us hope and that is that which we can keep focused on him it can be uh, unbelievable huh you know like again when i was with my doctor on uh, monday we talked about whether i should go on some antidepressants depressants and that to get me uh, through this time and i said uh, no i don't want to again unless things get crazy i just know that god is faithful and that it doesn't mean now hear me you can be on antidepressants depressants and still believe that god is faithful that's not what i'm saying um but i just don't if possible not go on more medication about anything because i'm already on medication for my diabetes and i'm one that doesn't really like to put medication in my body and so i looked at all the you know been looking at all the side effects and all that so uh, again but i am going to continue to try to stay focused on jesus and and that's for all of us you know so i again um it's like john paul when he was going through all that stuff he was going, I'm not John Paul, of course, but, you know, he says, I want people to see that the Pope in his weakness, so it gives them hope in their weakness. So again, when I share this stuff, it's to give you hope that uh, we all go through this, and we all go through this stuff together. Uh, I've not known anyone, my, my spiritual director, uh, who's a, a saint and hopefully will be canonized one day, he went down, he went through a great breakdown when he was younger. And I often, when I was younger, thought, how did he do, how did he do that? 
and still become such a great saint. And I think it wasn't how did he do that. It's because he went through that is because he became such a great saint. You know, we are earthen vessels. So it's not us. It's not by our power. It's not because we're smart. It's not because we're gifted. It's all because of God. All because of God. And so when we go through this stuff, it reminds us it's all God. It's not us. Huh? So there you go. So let's continue here. Okay. Sunshine, good. Hope that helps. Bruce Mills, missed you Saturday at 4.15. I was on retreat, like I told you, Bruce, but I'm glad you came up. Your friend that was covering was amazing. His homily really helped me. See that? So God had a plan. Um, who had that mass that day? I can't remember. Father Nick Rao had the second mass. I don't remember. But anyway, so I'm glad. See, God works fantastic. Jane Franklin, hubby has returned to the church and he has listened to the gospel of John. Dilemma is that hubby receives the Eucharist though he has not gone to reconciliation for 40 years. Advice to approach this. Um, the church says uh, even mortal sins can be forgiven if they're repented of not because of, um, because if they can't get the confession of course, not because of uh, afraid of going to hell, but perfect love, a meaning offending God. If he, if he has been coming back, I just think to, to read scripture, that's fantastic. So uh, like I, again, like I read last week about 1 Corinthians uh, 11, I'll just go back to the, the video last week and have him read other parts of scripture about receiving unworthily, that he could bring a curse upon himself, sickness upon himself, um, and to be reconciled Again, one of the best things is, uh, if he's open to it, is have him listen to my confession talk on uh, Our Hope TV. Again, it's 100% free. All you have to do is uh, download the app, Our, O-U-R, Hope, H-O-P-E, TV. So you just go to your uh, app store at Google or Android or whatever, and uh, your Apple, and you just sit there and say, Our Hope TV. And just put confession in there. And it's, uh, it's an hour-long talk about why we go to confession, the history of going to confession, why it's not enough just to sit there unless it's an emergency or dying, just to go right to God because every sin affects everybody uh, and that might help them. So I always say if you're open to truth, well, listen to things, that's all. But it's good he's back, isn't it? So go baby steps. You know, just he's back. So we'll get them to the next level, but that would be helpful. Jellyfish, smile is on my face as soon as I see you, Father Larry. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Chris Walker, hi, Father Larry. Jen has a summer cold this week too. See that? Summer colds, miserable things. Twins turn seven. Wow, you're getting old, Chris. Uh, on Friday, hope we can go to Oktoberfest this year, and I hope to attend DME in November. Good, I don't, I'm not going to be working November. We just had DME. I have a retreat program up here called Divine Mercy Encounter, and we haven't had it in uh, two years because of COVID, so we just had one this weekend, and I was exhausted. Oh, my gosh. Um, had nine and a half hours sleep. I went to bed at, uh, 
oh, 8 o'clock that night, and I slept till 6 o'clock the next day, which usually I'm up at 3.55, but I was exhausted. So uh, but it's a fantastic retreat um, uh, for our high school kids, young adults and adults, men and women all at the same time. I think that's how I got a cold when you're with all these people for a full weekend. I was petrified that uh, someone was going to get COVID, you know, because of that. But by God's grace, uh, nothing else has happened as far as I know. And that's why I just wanted to make sure this, uh, this afternoon when I tested myself just to make sure that we didn't get it from there and it wasn't a spreader and all that kind of stuff. So uh, by God's grace, it was not. But I encourage you. Uh, People from St. Mary's uh, came up and made this DME. St. Mary's is by Ridgeway. Uh, we have one table of uh, adults, 35 and over. We call them OPEX, old people and kind of Christ. I would be at that table too, so I know. And then we have uh, two tables usually of young adults and then four or five tables of high school kids, 17 or 15 and older. And uh, so when we just started this year, we only had this uh, – past one it was number 101 so we've had 101 of these retreats and uh we only had one table of uh high school kids and one table of adults and two humongous tables of young adults so it was a fantastic time the, there were some great great kids there and uh, older people and it was it was just fantastic because uh people come to Jesus, literally come to Jesus on these retreats, and they become part of a community. And it's so good when people so, so feel alone anymore that uh, you get to be a member of a community that loves you, and that's fantastic. Okay. I was discussing with someone yesterday, what is better, have people in church but are not really participating, but uh, I may have uh, that 10% of catching something and having or the opposite. I don't think it's either or, it's both and. You know, some people have been talking about, uh, we just have to stop live streaming our masses so uh, people make them come back. Well, some people can't come back. You know, they're ill, they're sick, uh, they're dying, whatever. So uh, that isn't, that it just isn't the solution. People that have a yearning for the Eucharist will come if they have to come on their knees and crawl to receive the most blessed sacrament jesus and the most blessed sacrament but it has to come uh and jesus has to bring that to them you know i can't i can be an instrument but again we need to uh keep praying for them god has a plan god has a 100 percent plan so jerry r a father and mary mogan preview chats that you're working on your anger and i'm wondering if you have advice on how to manage our anger righteous anger and otherwise in positive ways Again, anger usually is a symptom of either hurt or fear. And uh, so it's trying to find out where the hurt and fear come from and then asking God to heal that and, and going back uh, to bring healing to that. Because, again, a lot of it in my life comes from when I was young. You know, everything when I was young, you're formed and, uh, you know, when your father's an alcoholic, your grandfather's an alcoholic, um, my mother, which more than ever now, who is a fantastic woman, but she was very not present to us. Uh, she just didn't know how to be. You know, even when I, all the talks I've ever given throughout the world, even when I was in Pittsburgh, my mother has never came to one of my talks. When my Be a Man book came out, 
I says, uh, Mom, it's number one for men's ministry in the world. And she said, instead of congratulations or that's nice, uh, she says, well, you know, I write too. <laughs> I said, yes, brother, I know. Uh, so uh, there's, you got to find out where it comes from. And nobody um, causes you uh, that. It's just we all have uh, issues, if you will, from our childhood, and it's not to blame our parents in any way, shape, or form. Our parents did the best they could do. My father was an alcoholic, but his father was an alcoholic. It was uh, generational that uh, reached out. Uh, lots of people in my family are that way. I always say I didn't become an alcoholic and uh, probably never will because, again, my mother had got married at 17, had me at 18, and uh, had me baptized on her 19th birthday. But when I was a toddler, I'm not sure exactly how old, maybe two or three, here's my mother and my grandmother at a house that eventually burned down. Uh, I was still, again, that's a whole other story, but we were in the house when the house caught on fire and was burning down and watched the fire uh, burn our house down. And I was, and that happened twice in my lifetime. The first time I was about three or four. But when I was about two, we used to have uh, at that house, there was the basement, of course, and we had the washer. Remember the, young, you younger people will not get this. You older people will know well. We had the washer where you had to put the stuff through the, the top ringers, you know, you put things through and one of those old washers like that. Well, my mother and my grandmother, and again, with my family being uh, <laughs> quite interesting, they were sitting there doing the laundry. And upstairs, they were doing shots. My mother and my grandmother. You know, so my mother was maybe 21, 22. Anyway, they're doing shots upstairs and then going downstairs to the basement. This was in the kitchen. They're going to the basement to uh, do the laundry. Well, they just poured themselves two shots and uh, they went down to get the laundry or whatever. And I just remember seeing one of those shots in the shot classes and I went and drank the whole thing. Well... It went down, I'm gagging, I'm puking, I'm really, uh, it really messed me up. And in the back of my head, it's still, I can't drink that much because I think way back there, so it was, it was, if you will, I was being saved from being an alcoholic later in life by having that experience. So it's a funny thing, but it's also, uh, uh, you know, again, our, our history, where we come from, our family being just human beings, uh, some unbelievably good, but most everybody has some kind of issues. None of them are perfect. And it really forms us, especially within the first five years of our life. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it takes time to work that stuff out and knowing that God is always there working it out with you. Think about all the, the pain and suffering there is in the world. And that God is, I am with you in the midst of this. Just like he was with Jesus on the cross. This is who God is. And one day when we get to stand before him forever in heaven, God willing, all this suffering and pain and struggles we had on earth, we only, we only even remember it. It'll be just a distant memory. Because we'll see the face of God. That's why it's important we stay focused on Jesus in the future, not ourselves and our past. 
Okay. Hope that helps. Teresa, good afternoon from West Covina, California. Have a blessed day. Thank you very much. Quinn, bless you, Father Larry. Thank you, Jolly. I walked the Camino on my 50th birthday. Good job. I'm going October the uh, 3rd or f I think the 3rd. I'm flying over to, uh, there, and we're going to spend 10 days walking me and a buddy, uh, doctor friend down in uh, from Jacksonville, Florida, and, and five or four other guys. I just know one of them, and uh, not well. I just met him once, so we're going to be over there. They're flying directly to Santiago, and I'm flying to Madrid, and then I'm either looking at taking a plane or taking a train or whatever to Santiago. So I haven't worked that part out yet. But, yeah, I'll be there 10 days, God willing, and I'll be 62 where I am now so why are you walking Camino and will you allow people to join you I am walking uh, but it's already a, it's just a group of friends if I have a fine time I might do it again so uh, we'll see when are you doing it like I just told there you go Harry welcome sorry I'm late father I got a bit carried away with some building work that's even better Harry you're doing stuff like that I'm gonna be doing that tomorrow my day off at my house uh, something from last week. If Jesus can weep in public and not and weep in public and not be sorry for it, so can you? Of course. And again, it's just, uh, yeah. I have been like in a fog, is what it is, and uh, I think it's my uh, body's way of uh, keeping me uh, from going too deep into it yet. So again. You know, I'm I'm tired of even talking about it. You know, when I sit there and I often think, oh, look, and I've been talking about this stuff on the the internet. At, at these these, this is not the time for that. I know. So again, for those of you that sit there and say, why does he do that? I don't know. It just comes up, but it's not the point of this podcast. Uh, but I just want again, I think for everybody to know that we all go through this stuff together. It's just the way things are and the way life is. Okay, Father. How to help people to believe that God is present to help with people like us with miracle from death. I'm not sure what you're saying there, Chang. Um, so you might want to explain that a little bit more. I'm so happy that some people come to me to help them on their loves one, for their loved ones. Absolutely. I just think... Um, Again, God just being present to us and knowing that our loved one's alive and sees the face of God is fantastic. Just saying, I just saying, amen. If we remain in God's spirit, he speaks to us somehow through the power of the Holy Spirit. Last Saturday morning, the prayer that came to me was Psalm 130, 129 in the Vulgate, the Dave for Fundus that digs you out of minor depressions. Yes, it does. And again, I've been doing all those things. So, uh, uh, it's like, come on. I, I want to be able to flip a switch. You ever just want to be able to flip a switch and get over things? That's what I want. Uh, so uh, if it was that easy, that would be fantastic, but it hasn't been. Uh, but it will be soon, not a flip switch, but uh, all in God's time. What would you say to someone involved in a church who is upset about row overturn and thinks the church needs a change that they donated their stipend to an abortion clinic, I'd say. 
it's time for them uh, to go to another church. <sighs> the greatest evil we have in the world is killing babies. I get about a woman's right and the... the, the to have control of her body, and I a thousand percent believe a woman should have control of her own body, 100%. That baby is not her body. That baby is a child beyond her. So if, uh, if like something like that stops you from being Catholic, you're Catholic in name, um, you know, like all the politicians, like all these people, that they're Catholic in name, but they're not living it. And I'm not here to judge these people and put them down and tell them they're no good. But there are churches that you can belong to and be pro, uh, pro-choice. The Catholic Church is not one of those. And again, if we ever was to say it's okay to kill a baby, that's the worst thing ever. Now again, we got to have great compassion on people who've had abortions, great compassion on their brokenness and everything else. That's not... That's not the type of people I'm talking about. I'm talking about these type of people that stop giving money to the church and gives it to an abortion clinic. I have prayed, if you want uh, the strongest homily against abortion, just put Father Larry Richards in Google and the words, enough. I've cursed Planned Parenthood. I curse it to die. That the organization ceases to exist. And I think that day's coming. And it should come. Uh, but again, at the same time, you know, I've been reading a great book and it talks about the last days. And be people will uh, no longer love goodness but will be filled with hate. And boy, we're pretty close to that. You know, and so, but again, if you are pro-abortion, you have stopped being a member of the church. Now you can always come back but you have to repent. And repentance is the first word Jesus ever said. To be a disciple of Jesus means that we are under his lordship, that we do as he wants. Now, we don't have to be. He doesn't force that on us. But we need to choose to do that. So these people that say that, you know, we can kill babies, they just don't know Jesus. They would never, ever, say that we can kill a baby uh, for a mother's uh, because she doesn't want to be bothered with this because it's her body, so let's kill her child. That's demonic. And the people that do that, I think they're deceived from the evil one. And so what we got to do, of course, is like the president, Pelosi, but everyone. Like I'm, I'm not into this about talk, throwing people you can't receive communion. Again, I talked about that last week. God will take care of them themselves. But we still need to tell them that if you believe that you can kill an innocent child, you have separated yourself from the church. Uh, go for it. Find a, a, another church that agrees with you if that's what you want. But we're not here to agree with you. We're telling you what the revelation of God has said. And so we must be people who do everything in our power from stopping people to kill children. But what she did was also mortally sinful. And she must go to confession, must, before she ever receives communion on her side. Again, I wouldn't forbid her from communion, but I'd tell her what you just did was mortally sinful because you helped 
an organization kill a child. So it's indirect abortion, which she did. So again, uh, but don't go up there and scream and yell. It ain't going to help. But again, she has separated herself from the church. Back to work. Okay, Gwen, I should go back to work too, huh? Marion Martin. Hi, Marion. So I'm late. So happy to be here. I'll watch the first part later. And yes, so, so many, many doubts. Jesus, I trust in you. That's all we can do. Tony, thank you for service and encouragement as you provide all of us hope to one day be with God in heaven. Oh, hopefully that's, uh, that's all, that's all we got. Huh? That's all we got. Just saying. Didn't you say that you have saintly relatives? Yes. My great, 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 19 generations or so ago with St. Elizabeth of Hungary. Pray to them for ancestral healing to remove depression from your lineage and offer it for future generations maybe. Yes, but Jesus also lives inside of me. Sometimes I believe that God allows us to go through these things and walks with us to again remind us that we are earthen vessels, to remind us it's all him, to remind us we can't even take our next breath without him, to remind us to be compassionate with other people who are also struggling, uh, to remind us to be patient. And I don't know if any of you know this, but I'm not a very patient person. Does anybody know that? Uh, is this a great revelation? <laughs> anybody? So... Everybody that works with me knows completely that's true. Uh, so when it's like this stuff and the Lord says, be patient. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so again, all God has a plan. Okay, I wrote this in the email. I wanted to mention here for all the whole thing with Phineas went on. God had Balaam bless the Israelites. He was faithful even when we are not. Of course he is. But God still gives us uh, uh, punishment for for sin, there is punishment for all sin. Uh, not eternal punishment, Jesus pays the penalty. But there is the first punishment of all sin is God gives us what we want. And we can't get rid of that. You know, we would hope he would uh, not give us what we want, but that's the first punishment of all sin. Oh, is Father Valtry, there you go. Thanks, Sarah. Father Valtry had mass on Saturday. He's a good, good man. Yes, yes, yes. Good job. Uh, Mary, how do I get over the feeling at Mass that there is nothing worthy of me? And the prayers just remind me of my sinfulness. Because, Mary, you're looking at yourself and prayers that take you out of yourself to bring you to Jesus. Acknowledge and know that you and I, all of us that are listening, deserve eternal damnation. We deserve it. 100%. 100% separation from God because we've all sinned and all deprived of the glory of God. And that's why we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who took your sins and my sins upon himself and he paid the penalty. So instead of looking at you and say, I'm just a sinner, I'm just a sinner, look at him and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then that'll help you. You gotta stop looking at you and your past and look at Jesus and the future. Look at Jesus and the future. Look at Jesus and the future. And that will help, Mary. Jade, I recently lost my father and dog. We're in the same page then here, huh? My beloved husband of 14, uh, my beloved husband 14 months ago, uh, my doctor added another antidepressant other, the other day. Grief wreaks havoc on our bodies, of course. Prayer and the sacraments draw me. 
Yeah, again, so again, it's very good, Jade. If that's going to help you, uh, I was just reading today, they just had a whole thing on antidepressants, and they're saying that uh, they don't help as much as we think they are. And so that's why I'm like, oh, of course, right before I'm looking at this. So, Because, again, I don't like to do anything without uh, looking at all side effects, what's the, whatever that is. So, But, again, if it's helping you, keep doing it and keep going. Um, Father Dennis Veltri, there you go. Yes. Uh, Teresa, Jade, praying for you. We all are, Jade. Okay, sunshine. Thank you, Father Larry, for the word. Natalie, but where is this priest located? This priest is Father Larry Richards in Erie, Pennsylvania, at St. Joseph Church, the Bread of Life community. Uh, we have a beautiful adoration chapel 24 hours a day for last 18 years our back altar is hand carved you can just go to this uh station and watch one of the daily masses and you'll see our beautiful beautiful church uh you're talking about your family we're all broken of course we are reading your book surrender god's will so helpful i'm very glad uh Surrender is was one of my favorite books to write because it's just about uh, surrender. It, uh, be a man, more people read it and uh, than a surrender book. But the surrender book, uh, I think, helps. It actually takes people about how to pray, how to listen, how to discern God's will, not just with the big things, but the little things. Reading very good, Sandra. Jade praying. How can we know the Holy Spirit and how we accept the Holy Spirit? Uh, just ask for Him. Uh, and the Holy Spirit will come. Uh, again, you can pray, ask people to pray for you who are in God, a priest, or other people who are filled with the Holy Spirit and ask them to pray for you. Because in the early church, the Holy Spirit was given a course at baptism, confirmation, but also people through the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit can come. And the way we can tell we have the Spirit is we have the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Not all of them, of course. I wish I could have all of them, but at least some of them. Uh, the show that we have the spirit of the living God inside of us. Behold, I will cast her out of the bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. Thanks, fire of his love. Um, and that means uh, usually that somebody is anti-Catholic. So just so you know. Remember what happened last week? Anyway, Jerry R., any suggestions on how to approach family members who have chosen to join traditional Latin Mass only and go to churches that aren't recognized by the local diocese in Rome? You can only pray for them. It's almost impossible. I mean, I've had all these parishioners that left, and there, there is no even reasoning with them. So I just let them go, and God, hopefully, I mean, God sits there, and he loves them, and he'll take care of them. Um. Not here to agree with you. Amen. The teaching of the church are not suggestions. Exactly correct. Okay. Just saying, wow, you're so close to the Lord. Thank you for your response. We need to stay humble, offer it up, and trust in him. Natalie, praying for you, sweet sister. Good. For Mary. Tell your deacon eye contact. Eye contact. <laughs> Which one? I have two of them. Anyway. Um, one time when I was at mass, I started thinking of past sins. I heard in my heart, the blessed mother say to me, my son has already forgiven you. Look at that. I looked up at her statue. It had a deep impact on me. Uh, 
Oh, Father, where's Father Velchi located? In Erie. He's, he's uh, living in Erie. He doesn't have a parish yet. That's why he's helping around, so it's very good. Um, Do-do-do. God bless Father Larry. Uh, have a blessed day tomorrow, Father Larry. I will have a day off. Oh, do I need a day off? <laughs> I do. My doctor said I need to get away. I said, I'm going to London in uh, uh, the 16th of uh, August, and... Uh, the 2nd of August, I'm going down to Phoenix for my friend John uh, Bishop John Dolan's going to be installed there. So we're really excited about that. Uh, da -da. No, I was talking about Father Larry, but thank you, Chris. Very considerate of you. Nice, Nat. Uh, Diane Noel, Father Larry, I'm happy to find you. I've heard you enjoyed many times through our local Catholic radio station here in Diocese St. Petersburg. I love St. Petersburg Diocese. Thank you. You are awesome, wise, and funny looking, I know. Oh, that didn't say funny looking. Oh, but we know it's the truth. Jane, just listen again today. Your chalk and prayer so very helpful. Thank you, Father. Uh, it was in regards to your previous statement about abortion. There you go. Um, we are here to do God's will, not our own. Okay, not sure if this is the right email for the podcast. It is. This is from Lee. I was wondering why at Mass we take the Eucharist but not the wine when Jesus shared both. Uh, because again, Trent decided uh, it's just it's symbolic of both, but you get both the, the body and blood, whether you receive the wine or you receive the bread. Um, anchored in hope question from Lauren. Jesus died for our sins. Can you address the people who lived before Jesus came in relation to their sins and forgiveness? It almost seems unfair that they don't have the opportunity to know about Jesus and dying for our sins. Remember the first thing Jesus did, at, uh, and if you ever uh, read the officer readings, one of the best ones is uh, on Holy Saturday where Jesus goes to, he descended into hell, which is really Hades, not Hades, but the, the abode of the dead, and he uh, releases them because when Jesus died on the cross, he redeemed everybody from the beginning of time to the end of time because again it's an eternal now now the the way different the way we've accepted that throughout the years has been different so the people before christ would have uh, accepted christ by living the holy will of god in their life but it's still christ who saved them too uh, you don't have to worry god knows what he's doing when it comes to salvation uh thanks be to goodness uh, absolutely okay so here's some uh, one here from Steve my question I've really recently encountered a couple situations where during public recitation of the rosary the leader adds the words and the United States to the our father please thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth and the United States as it is in heaven <laughs> At first, I thought it was cool and patriotic, but the more I pondered it, is that appropriate for us? It's not appropriate. Remember what the scriptures talk about. If we add anything to the word of God, uh, curses can come upon us in Revelation. And it was talking about Revelation, but also the whole word of God. You do not, you do not add anything to the holy words that Jesus taught us. And again, God is the God of all people, not just the God of the United States. And you got to know that, of course, he loves the United States, and we are called to love the United States. But God loves everybody in the whole world just as much as he loves the people of the United States. And if you think anything else, you're a heretic. Heresy, heresy, heresy. God is the God of all people. 
And so we got to be always praying for everybody. You know, God bless the USA and everybody else in the world. But we, some people are more patriotic than, they, patriotic than they are Christian. Like when I was doing the men's conference a couple of weeks ago, I says, you're called, you must love God more than you love your country. You must. Or your country is an idol and you are idol worshiping. God can never be second. He must be first. Must be always everything love the lord your god with all your heart all your mind all your soul and all your strength period so just so you know okay we'll get through a couple of these uh, questions here that are here and this is from anonymous which normally i don't uh i do not answer anonymous but i'll answer these because uh if you can't put your name on something then you're not really asking it you know uh so I know there are holy relics or parts of them in each church altar and all the Catholic churches. What is their purpose and our role? It shows that their relic there, they used to, in the early church, they would go to the catacombs, catacombs and they would say mass on top of the uh, relics of the saints or the uh, uh, altar, not the altar, the uh, uh, catacomb or the, or the place they buried the saints. And it's just a way to show the whole communion of saints and that they're part of us in heaven already praying. At the end of the, each Catholic Mass, I attend the congregation claps at the end of the Mass. They shouldn't do that. Benedict was pretty clear about that uh, because it's a worship of God. It's not entertainment, so that would be problematic. Now, every once in a while, people even clap at my parish. Uh, I don't go crazy to stop it because it's not that uh, often, but they shouldn't be. You know, they should not. I go to Catholic Mass each Sunday, very good, but I have always wanted to go to another denomination service just to see what it would be like. I have no plans leaving a regular attending denomination. I just wanted to experience, is this allowed? Uh, some people would say no, but I've done it, and I think uh, it'd be okay as long as you have to, at the same time, you have to go to the Catholic Mass. Like a lot of people are married to a Protestant, and they'll go both every week, and that's allowed, absolutely. Uh, just an observation, at the end of your podcast, you always say, God bless you. Shouldn't it be, may God bless you since we aren't sneezing, honest question. Yes, uh, a priest has the power to actually bless people in God's name. So when I say God bless you, it's actually blessing you. When if a, a lay person or someone says, may God bless you, then they're asking God to bless you, but a priest actually is in persona Christi, so I'm actually conveying the actual blessing from God himself. That's the power of a priest. Um, when my late grandmother passed away several years ago, someone told me that my grandmother was having, was having perpetual mass said for her. Perpetual masses you can have, oh, was going to have, there are uh, masses that are just included in some uh, religious orders. And they just say everybody that's part of our perpetual mass. So they include that in all their intentions to cover that. Um, and so every time they'd say that, they'd pray for that. Uh, thing but if they're already out of purgatory they don't need a perpetual mass they're already in heaven so it have to, it would go to somebody else okay we're in singapore there's no altar girls why is there in your country because john paul ii the pope said we were allowed um okay Okay, that's the whole thing. I got to get out of here, go talk to my uh, counselor about all the stuff. So again, I'm asking you to pray for me and know I'll be praying for you. Um, and uh, 
I know that I love you, and I'll do uh, every morning and every night, uh, remind, remember you before God. So I ask you to please pray for me. And again, God willing, we will see you next Thursday. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect every one of you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.